Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So I'm sorry if I haven't gotten to your tweets because uh, laptop. Here's an email to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com from Dennis who says, after watching the last two days of the congressional hearings, the Democrats have me thinking that when they talk, the term hearing becomes herring. Red herring, get it? Red. Oh, also red like commies. There you okay. um, <laughs> The weaponization of government subcommittee in the House uh, was held yesterday. They did a hearing. And they brought in four witnesses, RFK Jr., and uh, I played the audio from uh, the reporter for the New York Post at the time who wrote the Hunter Biden laptop story. And if you haven't heard her statement, uh, it's worth it. It runs about five minutes, but it is worth it. So, um, and maybe I'll pull it up again and we'll play it too if if people want to hear it. But 102 House Democrats signed a petition demanding that the House's weaponization of government subcommittee chairman Jim Jordan remove RFK Jr. from the witness list. Why? They claim there was a rule that the Republicans put in place to protect witnesses from defamation. And I guess... Yeah, I mean, I guess that they thought that uh, when they wrote it, the Republicans were like, uh, here's the witness and they're going to defame somebody. So you can't do that. You can't bring in a witness to defame people. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Democrats read that as I intend to defame this witness. And so we should go into executive session. I don't know. Because then, I mean, there's obviously the incentive on that. If you interpret it that way, then the incentive is obvious to just say I'm going to defame everybody that you bring before us because we're in the minority party and we don't want you to hold any hearings on anything whatsoever. Whether or not you think RFK's footsie playing with conspiracy theorists is um, is okay or not, you can criticize that, right? Criticize it that way. Critics of RFK have the same free speech rights as RFK Jr. does to air his theories too. That's what free speech means. I don't have to agree with his theories but I can defend his right to free speech. Particularly when he gets deplatformed when he's giving his speech announcing his candidacy and YouTube takes him off, even though he mentions nothing about vaccines anywhere or COVID or anything like that in in his speech. So here's Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I know, I know. But she had, she was the most vocal and, um, and confrontational that I saw in this hearing yesterday. And she did exactly what JFK or sorry, RFK Jr. complained about. The way that he, that, that she was smearing him and they, and she would not allow him to reply. 
She was defaming him. He called it a parade of defamations. Florida, Ms. Washington Schultz. Good job. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, we respectfully requested that you rescind Mr. Kennedy's invitation to be, appear here due to his repeated and very recent statements that spread dangerous anti-Semitic and anti-Asian conspiracy theories and attempted to move into executive session because House rules prohibit public testimony that degrades or defames people. His reckless rhetoric helped fuel anti-Semitic incidents, which for the record are at the highest level in the United States since 1970. They have nearly tripled in the last six years. Since you gave Mr. Kennedy a megaphone today, I want to give him a chance to correct his statements and prepare some of the harm that he's helped cause. Mr. Kennedy, you're well educated. So yes or no, please. Are you aware that for centuries, Jews have been scapegoated and blamed for causing illnesses like Black Plague and more recently COVID? I am. Those are known as blood libel and they are one of the worst and most disturbing parts of uh, human history. Good. I'm glad to know that, of course, that you, that you acknowledge that. Of course, it's true and well documented that this pernicious form of anti-Semitism led to centuries of discrimination, even horrific pogroms and massacres, and it still fuels deadly violence today. Yet last week, you floated a baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was bioengineered to target Caucasians and black people, but to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. Mr. Kennedy, your bizarre, unproven claim echoes that same historic slander of labeling Jews and Chinese people as a race, and that Jews, and in this case Chinese people, somehow managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No, 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 no. Uh, you I, are... quoted, I quoted what you said earlier, and it, it is directly what you said. So just ask me, uh, yes no, or no? I was, I was describing an NIH-funded study. No, 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 you didn't cite any. I was, I was describing an NIH-funded study by Cleveland Clinic Reclaiming scientists. my time. Reclaiming my time. See, she should, not you, reclaiming Published in USC Mr. Medical, Chairman, which is, is one mine. The time is mine. I'm reclaiming it. Please ask the witness to stop talking. You asked me a question. Reclaiming. I, let me, allow me to answer time. my question. Mr. Chairman, I'd like about 10 time, seconds the back. Time, the you, time belongs. You are slandering me time incorrectly. To the, the time belongs. Time You're saying is dishonest. Time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. I need myself. Mr. Chairman, belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. I'd like 15 seconds back. We will oh. be happy to give you that. Thank you so much. 15 seconds back for that exchange. Good for Kennedy. Good for him. Standing up for himself. And, and calling her out. Because I have what he said. I have the, the, the quote. And she is, in fact, misquoting him. She's only giving you the second sentence of a, like a three or four sentence paragraph that he talked about. And he was, in fact, quoting a study. You did not cite any study like you are citing here now during that conversation. You referenced no study at all. You simply labeled Jews and Chinese people as a race. And you also said that somehow they managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You don't see that. You're trying to rewrite history here. A few months ago, Mr. Kennedy, you compared COVID public health policies to barbaric murderous tactics of Nazi Germany, saying that Jewish people in Nazi Germany had more freedom than Americans facing COVID health restrictions. In hindsight, Mr. Kennedy, do you reject this absurd and deeply hurtful and harmful com comparison, or do you still stand by it? Congressman, what you are saying is a lie. Oh, whoa. You, you said it. It's, it. Hang on a second. He said congressman, and she said, I'm a congresswoman. How do you know? What, what's a congresswoman? It's, oh, I guess because it's just because she says she is. That's all. Sorry. All right. I forgot.
It's, I, no, I did not. I never contained. Okay. I never, ever. Mr. Chairman, I'm happy to answer into the record when Mr. Kennedy said that. I reclaim my time. In discussing COVID public health measures, you made light of the genocide against Jewish people by saying, and I quote, even Hitler's Germany, you could cross the Alps to Switzerland, you could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. Mr. Kennedy, do you think it was easy for Jewish people to escape systematic slaughter of Nazis, yes or no? Absolutely not. Okay, good. Mr. Kennedy, do you think it was just as hard to wear a mask during COVID as it was to hide under floorboards or false walls so you weren't murdered or dragged to a concentration camp? Yes or no? Excuse me? That's a question. Yes or no? I didn't hear your question. Okay. I said, do you think it was just as hard to wear a mask during COVID as it was to hide under floorboards or false walls so you weren't murdered or dragged to a concentration camp? Of course not. That's okay. ridiculous. That's a comparison that you made. I Mr. did not Kennedy, make that were the measures taken? Were the measures taken to contain the spread and fatalities related to COVID in any way at all comparable to the murder of 6 million Jews, yes or no? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. Let's be very clear here. There's no legitimate comparison to the Holocaust. He just said that he just said there wasn't. He answered your he answered your questions in the way you wanted, but it didn't matter. His answers do not matter to her. Matter if you're talking about AI, AI vaccine mandates, or anything else, there is no comparison. And if this were a slip of the tongue, Mr. Kennedy, or a one-off comment, we would all move on. But there's a deeply disturbing pattern. In 2015, you apologized to all those, quote, whom I offended by my use of the word Holocaust to describe the autism epidemic. When discussing efforts to encourage others to get vaccinated for COVID-19, you said Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. They tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. That was a quote. Like before, you apologized for invoking the Holocaust, saying, quote, to the extent my remarks caused hurt, I am truly and deeply sorry. These are not real statements of contrition or remorse. They are passive-aggressive non-apologies that blame the listener for reacting to the lie you just spread. I'm deeply saddened that this is a conversation we're having today. I have deep respect for what Mr. Kennedy's family did and still does to make life better for all Americans. Except Mary Jo Kopecky. Now, Mr. Kennedy, and the forces you aligned yourself are reckless, dangerous, and disturbing by echoing dangerous claims such as, quote, Jews don't really suffer as much as we do, which you said, your rhetoric creates a climate of mistrust, antagonism, and even hatred or violence against Jewish people. My own children have been the targets of brutal anti-Semitism on social media. You fan those flames and jeopardize their safety. You've marginalized other groups too, like Asian Americans and the LGBTQ plus community. And worse, you don't seem to care or brush it all off to misquotes and misunderstanding. Frankly, it's disgusting. All right, so that's Debbie Wasserman Schultz laying into RFK. Look, he's also, he's buddy-buddy, or has appeared, he's palled around with Nation of Islam guys, too. So, like, I am not in defense of RFK here. But I've got what he said, what she, what she originally was talking about with the COVID-19 and the Caucasians, black people, Ashkenazi, uh, Ashkenazi Jews, and the Chinese. And it's just, a, it's just a misrepresentation. All right, so we'll get to that. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com.
All right, so all of these accusations against Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of being an anti-Semite, they they all erupted this week, or within the last week, after a press event at an Upper East Side uh, restaurant. Um, John Levine at the New York Post reports that Kennedy floated the idea during a question-and-answer portion of a raucous, booze-and-fart-filled dinner. I don't... Not sure what they were eating, but it was at Tony DiNapoli on East 63rd. COVID-19, this is a quote from Kennedy, quote, COVID-19, there is an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. COVID-19 is targeted to attack Caucasians and black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese. We don't know whether it was deliberately targeted or not, but there are papers out there that show the racial or ethnic differential and impact. And people deny this. There are people who are like all about the science and data, and they're all like, oh, no, that's, that's impossible. Really? You don't think that there are different groups of people that are more acutely affected Based on whatever genetics they carry, of course there are. Hello, sickle cell anemia, right? I mean, there's there are diseases that affect certain populations more so than others, and that's globally. And that's not better, worse. I'm not making some sort of inferior, superior argument. That's science. And when you're trying to figure out, hey, how come this group of people seem to be immune? Let's look at their ACE2 inhibitors or whatever, like or receptors. Let's go and look at those. Let's try to figure out why some people are really, really sick from it, and some people aren't sick at all from it. That's science. And so he's that's what he's talking about. And Thomas Massey from Kentucky, he then introduces into the record the report that RFK Jr. was talking about. I ask unanimous consent to introduce into the record a study that Mr. Kennedy just referenced, uh, new insights into genetic susceptibility of COVID-19. The main body said that they investigated genetic susceptibility to COVID-19 by examining DNA polymorphism in ACE2 and TMPRSS2. Those are receptors for COVID in 81,000 human genomes, and they found unique genetic susceptibility across (gasps) different populations. I have another uh, document that I'd like to ask unanimous consent. Without objection? To submit, and this is uh, from the FDA, FDA Review of Efficacy and Safety of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 Vaccine. This is dated December 10th, 2020, and it shows that the uh, Pfizer trial and the USDA broke down the effectiveness of the vaccine into seven different racial categories because this was also a concern of theirs, and it would frankly be delinquent not to study right. the, uh, the effects across the But Mr. Kennedy said objection. it was bioengineered well, to target... Objection. He did not oh, say that. Time, target time blacks and Caucasians. The, the gentleman from Utah is recognized whites, for five minutes. And spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese. He didn't people. say that. that. Time belongs to the gentleman from Utah. Utah. Thank you claiming my time. Mr. Kennedy, you've had uh, s- some accusations uh, thrown at you today. I'm going to ask my questions briefly and give you a chance to respond to that. All right, spoiler alert. He didn't leave him any time to respond. But, um, yeah, good job, uh, Chris Stewart, out of Utah. That, Wasserman Schultz completely misrepresented what RFK Jr. said. He, I just read to you the quote. He's saying there's an argument out there. 
and he doesn't know, but you can believe that it was bioengineered, and maybe they didn't know who they were, who else would benefit or who wouldn't or whatever. Maybe if China was if China was doing it. See, here's the problem. This is why people um, they've asked me, well, what's the big deal? So what? It, it was a lab leak instead of a uh, naturally occurring zoonotic explanation for the origin. This is why it matters, because if you knew from the beginning it was a lab leak then the idea that the Chinese Communist Party might engineer it to affect certain populations more is not so far-fetched, right? And it's not based in race or anything. It's based in science and what we know about commies. They lie. To save your programs, Pete, on your laptop that it died uh, not now but in the future by one or two terabyte. Oh, yeah. There's nothing that's on. There was nothing that was on the laptop. I didn't lose anything. What what I'm complaining about is the having to re-log into everything. That's with the passwords and the authentication and the what like all of the the layers of security that are keeping me protected. <laughs> right, that's the hardest part. I appreciate the email though, John. Yes, I'm already I'm, I already do the the external storage. I bought because uh, I've I've had it happen before, and I had a company laptop at one point years ago that uh that got corrupted and i had been saving things onto it and learned the hard way then so ever since then it's like nope external hard drives and multiple backups so yeah i i'm uh photoshop okay well that's a very very lengthy okay a lot of technical details there john i'll come back to that alan says pete i heard from my pharmacist friend that asians metabolize ibuprofen differently than other races interesting uh, yes, there are differences. Love your show. I had never heard that before. That doesn't make me anti-Asian hate or, you know, uh, yeah, anti-Asian hate speecher. Hate speaker. Yeah, hate speaker. That, no. That's recognizing science, right? That people's bodies, their metabolisms are different and genetics are different. And so when you're injecting people with various drugs that are getting down to that kind of cellular level or whatever, like that's, yeah, it, it may very well have different impacts on people based on how they've developed over the course of millennia. I don't know. And so if there's a study that was done that shows that, then, hmm, I don't know. Now, when it comes to this, the actual censorship, Jim Jordan, he, he pointed out, like, yes, they brought these people to be witnesses at their hearing yesterday, but also, um, the House Oversight Committee members were also victims. They were victims of the censorship because the House Oversight Committee Republican membership, their account was censored over the Hunter Biden laptop story. Then Thomas Massey asks RFK Jr. because he at one point they asked, uh, I think this is Massey asks, yeah, yeah, because the, the witness that the, the left brought in used to be an attorney for the ACLU. And Jordan asks RFK Jr., do you remember when the ACLU would defend Nazis? They were appalled, thought them abhorrent, but they defended their free speech rights. And now you've got these lawyers from the ACLU now working for the government. you got Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, now wanting to censor if they don't like what you're saying and they'll call it disinformation or as they made up a term on RFK Jr., they'll call it malinformation. It's a brand new word. 
just for you, RFK Jr. Massey uh, then asks him about whether or not he would recognize the party of his father, Robert F. Kennedy, and his uncle, JFK. I ask you this. You, you referenced your, your father and your uncle and the, the party that they were in. What has happened to your party with respect to the First Amendment? Would they recognize the position now? I, you know, I think, listen, I'm a Democrat, and I, you know, and I believe in all the, if you went through a checklist of all of the things that my father believed in, that he fought for, that my uncle believed in and fought for, I, I would check every box. I feel my party is departing, has departed from some of those core values. And one of the reasons that I want to run for president is to reclaim my party for those. But it's got to, you know, listen, this is not a partisan issue. The First Amendment, it just seems crazy to me that anybody thinks that it's okay to censor. And there's a lot of information that I don't like. There's hateful information. But as the chairman was saying, in 1977, the ACLU went out and and supported Nazis who were walking through a Jewish neighborhood in Skokie, Illinois. And they said, that's important. We hate what they're saying. We're repulsed by it. But we cannot survive as a democracy if we... If we if we are not ready to die for the right for even people who are who are appalling to speak. Yeah, he's exactly right. And about half of the country seems like doesn't agree with that. That's what it seems like. I don't know. How, I don't know what the polling indicates now on this, but it does seem like we're shifting. I know like the uh, the Gen Z, like half of them said that uh, misgendering somebody should be illegal. Illegal. I heard a great. Uh, comment from uh dennis prager i was watching a uh they did a round table they were talking about exodus the book of exodus and jordan peterson had all of these like experts biblical experts and dennis prager was brought in um and was talking about uh at one point he said i'm not to get political about it but the defund the police thing he said you know what i will say what i always say to uh to folks who argue that we need to defund the police he said, I will agree to do so if we can have everybody live by the Ten Commandments. Right? You live by the Ten Commandments, then I guess you don't have a need for police. See, the idea, these are core principles upon which the society is built. And you may not like what somebody is saying, but that doesn't mean they don't have a right to say it. I don't like a lot of stuff that a lot of leftists say, but they definitely have the right to say it. Not because they're right, but particularly because they're wrong. Most especially because they're wrong. There's been a growing consensus among U.S. intelligence agencies that COVID-19 was man-made and escaped from a lab in Wuhan. But there's no evidence that it was designed to spare certain religious groups or ethnicities, and Kennedy offered no studies to support his claims. This is from the New York Post article. Right. He's saying he believes it was bioengineered. And so if you see the evidence that it's affecting certain people differently than other people, one of the questions that you should ask, logically, you should ask, is that intentional, right? Think of it, you got to think, if you believe that it was from the lab, that they were genetically engineering through gain-of-function research, whether they released it on purpose or came out via a leak, if they were trying to design a virus... 
doesn't it make sense that they would try to exempt themselves? If they could find a way to only kill most Americans, right? That would be the way to do it. And in fact, the Chinese government accuses us of doing this. The Chinese government accuses us of doing this exact thing against, uh, but targeting them. Targeting Chinese genetics. You can disagree with this. You could say that's a crazy conspiracy theory or whatever. But he should be allowed to make that argument. He should be allowed to raise the question. Even if there's no evidence of it. Even if there's no evidence of it. You don't get to say what he can say or not. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, so let's get to some of the massages. Uh, This is from... Try system, but okay. So all of these are about tech stuff. Uh, no, I had to. Yeah, so Jay, I appreciate the uh, thing on the laptop, but I had to it, it replace the whole hard drive. Um, and you could use external drive to run computer snapshots, third-party system image. Okay. Um, on the issue of making it illegal to misgender somebody, I believe a well-known leftist has already shot that down. How so? Well, according to one member of the U.S. Supreme Court, only a biologist could be charged with that. Very good point, Chris. It's a very good point. Um, let me go over here to the uh, the inbox. Clearing out ye old inbox. And this is, oh no, whoops, I just did, I just did that. This is from Twitter, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Elon Musk spent $44 billion on Twitter uh, he should get the Medal of Freedom for what he did for our freedoms with the release of that of the uh, yeah of the Twitter files. True, absolutely. Um, the rule is backup, backup, backups. Grandfather, father, and son in rotation so that not all is ever lost. That's good advice. Thanks, Dad. Um. MAGA, American Pitbull, says Debbie Wasserman Schultz is odious. That's a good word. I like odious. Uh, She's a serial Democrat who will repeat any talking point given to her to push a false narrative that will move the leftist agenda to make America Marxist country. Great show today. The attacks on RFK Jr. is disgusting and beyond the pale. Um, So let me play this clip, too. This is the last clip I've got here. This is from our own Congressman Dan Bishop. And I'd ask uh, staff to put the uh, blow-ups on the screen as we proceed. And Ms. Morris, you can begin with number one while I'm getting my first question out. This Ms. is the Morris, reporter. Uh, in your statement, you had uh, an interesting turn of phrase. You, uh, you said that no one denies that the laptop is real. What an interesting turn of phrase. Because that's exactly what Twitter was asking about the day your story appeared, and it was interacting still further with Twitter and with Facebook. 
Ms. Dimlow testified, here it is on the screen for those who are visual learners like me, are you familiar with the October 2020 New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop? I am. This is Ms. Dimlow under oath. Do you recall whether any of these social media companies you were meeting with asked you any questions about it? Answer. I do. Question. Please proceed to the next slide. And oh, here's how answer. in the same page. She continues. But it was it was relayed to me later that somebody from Twitter, I don't recall who, I'm not sure who, somebody from Twitter essentially asked whether the laptop was real. And one of the FBI folks who was on the call did confirm that yes, it was before another participant jumped in and said no further comment. Hmm. Proceed to the next slide. So you said he was one example. Do you recall other social media companies? Proceed to the next slide. Answer. Ms. Dimlow says, I believe Facebook. We met with Facebook soon thereafter. Can't remember if it was the same day or within a couple of days. And they also asked. And I said, no comment. That was the that was the decision we made in those post-meeting deliberations, which is pretty typical. It was an ongoing investigation, and we don't generally comment on ongoing investigative matters when asked. Hmm. So, Ms. Morris, to your point, I think this shows one thing for sure. You, you credited Michael Schellenberger and uh, some of his reporting. One of the things that he asked in one of his... Uh, Twitter file stories with foreign influence task force people, the FBI folks who were interfacing with the social media companies, whether they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop contents that the FBI had since December 2019. So now we know, right? The foreign influence task force knew it was real. And it wasn't just a few people, it was common knowledge. An analyst on that telephone call before they got their act together admitted that it was real. And then the, we also know that the social media companies wanted to know if it was real. Of course they did. Because the FBI had been telling them for months to be prepared for a hack and leak operation and also to be prepared for an oper something involving Hunter Biden. Of course they wanted to know. So what do you think about the fact that the FBI in response to Twitter, told them it was real, then they covered that up or stopped, no further comment, and to Facebook, with its billions of users, said, no comment, we're not going to tell you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know, we know that the FBI <laughs> knew that it was real. Uh, they knew it was real since not just December 2019, when, um, is, which is when the subpoena that I published is from, which was in the original story, the, the uh, thanks for the meeting with your father from Ukraine story. Um, we published the subpoena. Um, and they had already confirmed, though, which we would learn later, they had already confirmed that the laptop was real and uh, the quote, not manipulated in any way, quote, um, in, in November of uh, 2019, um, a month before they actually obtained the laptop to keep, um, which is when they, got, they gave that subpoena to John Paul MacIsaac, the owner of uh, the Mac store where Hunter Biden forgot the laptop. Did you hear what she just said there? They had confirmed, they authenticated the laptop and said it was not manipulated. To this day, leftists say that 
Oh, we don't know what the chain of custody was manipulated. The FBI knew a year before the election, before they even got the laptop, they knew it wasn't manipulated. And they still let that letter from the intel community get published. (laughs) 